I went on a trip. I just like woke up in Germany one day and 24th there was on the news the war has started. I did these illustrations, I kind of felt like relieved, I guess, because I just told out loud all my fears and it was so much easier then because a lot of people actually wrote me, oh, we feel the same. Yeah, I realized that I can use an art as a weapon because it is a weapon and it's easier to bring some idea to people, like through the images, through, through the symbols. Hey you, welcome to the Art and Happiness Project, the podcast about how art can change your life. I'm Agathe Westad and in this show I speak with artists from all categories, painters, musicians, actors, dancers, but also business leaders and academics. We tell moving and inspiring stories of how arts and creativity help us find meaning, improve our relationships and increase our well-being whoever we are and wherever we're from. Merci and enjoy. In wartime, what good is art? This is a bit of a special episode. Like most people have been feeling really sad and scared and angry and frustrated about the war in Ukraine and all the unnecessary loss and destruction and grief. And I've been asking myself whether art has any place in all of this and if so, how to maximize its role. So I wanted to speak with a Ukrainian artist and hear their perspective on this and allow them to express themselves on the current situation as well. So I spoke with Ukrainian illustrator Anna Savira. Anna left Ukraine and she's currently living in Germany. Her whole world has collapsed around her and her family is still in Kiev, in turn sheltering and fighting. In what probably now feels to her like a, a different life, Anna is a children's illustrator and she's created illustrations for the MoMA magazine, UNICEF, the British Council and Coca-Cola. Her work's been exhibited in Italy, South Korea and Ukraine. Now, though, she uses her creative powers to process, express and educate the world about what is happening in her beloved country. I'm really, really grateful that Anna took a little time out from her very busy and emotionally draining days to speak with me. It was a bit of an unplanned conversation and you might hear it through the sound and sometimes unplanned is what we need. Um, so I hope that it moves you like it moved me. Let's go. Um, are you ready to start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, as, as ready as we are. Um, hi, Anna. Um, hi. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with me. Yeah, thank you for your invitation. <laughs> of course. Um, so wh where are you right now? Uh, I'm actually, in, now I'm in Germany. I was uh, on the trip like to Germany when the war started. And yeah, now I'm stuck here because I live in Kiev and I can't return there right now. How did you leave? Uh, uh, the, the country? Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, I was I was out of Ukraine when it started. Yeah. Oh, you were out and, of Ukraine. Yeah, yeah I was time. actually, I went on a trip like and i just like woke up in germany one day and on 24th and there was on the news that the war has started yeah and it was like a strange feeling it's complete luck so you have you were you were taking a trip and your country went at war when oh actually your country didn't russia went at war um when when you were away so you just you stayed there Yeah, I was actually, like what everybody of my friends is saying, I was lucky not to see that so close, like my family yeah. and friend did. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, is your family, uh, 
is your family okay? Yeah, um, I mean, like, I think right now in Ukraine, there is no really a safe space. Yeah. And most of my family and friends are in Ukraine. Like, my brother is a soldier in territory defense, and my mom stays in Kiev. And yeah, my dad also stays in Ukraine. And it's, it's like a long story how you, you can. Mm really feel that they're safe, but they are more or less okay comparing to what's happening with other cities uh, in Ukraine. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And and now you're staying where, are you staying in an Airbnb or with No, somebody? I, I'm staying, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm staying uh, at my friend's place and I'm very lucky that I can stay here as long as I want. So I'm much more lucky than a lot of people who are now up out of Ukraine and who are scared that they won't have a place to stay, to leave. That's maybe a very stupid question, but I still feel like I want to ask how, how do you feel right now? Like, how, how do you feel today? What's your mm. emotional state, I guess? Uh, it's like pretty, yeah. Actually, it's an interesting question. I, I, I didn't ask my, myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think that's, It's very exhausting, even for me, even if I'm not in Ukraine, like because everything like, that Ukrainians think, talk, read, watch is about war. And right now there is like, literally nothing left. Like, so I don't read any other news. I don't read any books. I don't see any films any, because it's like just it feels so wrong. And I'm trying to get out of this, but uh can't. And yeah, and I think... That how it feels, and maybe I think that also a tiring thing is the hate I, I really feel right now towards the Russian soldiers and Russian government. And mm. I think I never felt so much hate and such a strong feeling. It's just, you know, I was doing kids kids illustration before the war started, and now yeah. I, can, I can do that. I'm yeah doing something don't doing something awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're using uh, your talent in a in a different way, I guess, and and that's also what I what I wanted to talk to you about um, today. Um, it's really, I mean, I I found out about you because I came across this article in the MoMA magazine, so the Museum of Modern Art in New York, um, and they commissioned you, right? Was that a commission in February? So before before the beginning of the war, to write, to draw some illustrations about the anticipation of the possibility of the war. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, I drew the, um, these uh, illustrations just like two weeks before the war started. Something like, something like this. It was, it was very close, but it feels like in the past life it happened. <laughs> Yeah, I it's it it does feel like a past life, and it, I, and it, at the same time, it's um, it I find it very moving. Um, so I want to read at least the captions of the illustration, uh, just so that the people listening can can have an idea. But it's it's a it's a small story of of your experience, and I suppose anybody's experience of somebody in Ukraine a few weeks ahead of the war within the atmosphere of an impending potential war. And there's just a, the idea of actually doing your normal life and cooking your eggs in the morning and watering your plants whilst thinking about 
how dramatically your life could change and indeed has changed um, given the circumstances. So here we go. The first one is a, a character which I suppose is you or does this is it is it meant to be you or somebody else? Yeah, it's it was actually I'm pretty much working with my my own experience. I think yeah. it's the easiest way to show. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, a month ago, my colleague asked me an uncomfortable question. I'm trying to ignore. This is a character and you looking at the window. And then the next image, you're watering your plants and you're saying, what should I plan for in case of war? I'm trying to listen to what people around me are saying. Maybe they have a plan. The more I think about that, the more questions I have. And this is you in a coffee shop, I guess, just observing people around. Will I have to run? And again, you with a huge backpack through the woods, which I suppose is what we imagine will I have to fight and this is you with an axe and a giant leg coming out from behind a wall will I be fast enough to reach the bomb shelter and this is you asking yourself this whilst cooking eggs in the morning and the background is a blue sky with bombshell dropping from the sky and there are no answers still to not panic, I brought a few cans of fish and an axe. This one shows you looking at maps, Google Maps on a computer, trying to understand, I suppose, how to escape if you need to. The last one says, on a black background, I think I'm failing with the plan. In all the books about war, I read people survived because they were lucky. Hope I'm lucky. Hope we all are I feel really moved reading this. I, I don't know about you. It, you're right. It feels like a long time ago. The, what you were fearing has happened, um, maybe even worse. So, um, yeah. Actually, I'm getting back to this comics and I realize, you know, everything we imagined about the war is totally different from how it really happens. Mm. Actually, I was scared and that I will experience that I did not, but I know what happened to my friend and family. And yeah, and I think the, the wrongest illustration was me running with the big backpack because everybody <laughs> just let, left everything they had behind. I mean, like my friend literally arrived uh, not far ago to Germany only with her two cats and, that, and the toothbrush and that was all. <laughs> She got the two cats and the toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, because she had to choose like what to carry out, and let let a lot of people do their life with not no like literally like documents and it, yeah, it's it was crazy. It was like ten kilos of cats. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, did it help you to do it at the time? Um, the drawings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. Uh, it was. Um, you know, like I was feeling very. Um, nervous at that time when the uh, mom actually mm. asked me what I want to do. I can do something about how it feels in Ukraine, about politi political situation, something like that. And I decided to draw what I was experiencing. And the um, point was that back then people were talking about not panicking. Nobody really wanted to, to talk in personal about what they felt. And when I did this 
illustrations, I kind of felt like uh, relieved, I guess, because I just told out loud all my fears and it was mm. so much easier then because a lot of people actually wrote me, oh, we feel the same, Anya, we feel the same and we do the same. So you're not the only one crazy who is really going and buying next. Yeah. So it's a, it's a way to connect, to reach out to other people as well. Did you think about that when you did it or was it more for yourself? I think I was more about, actually about myself because I wanted just to tell everybody how I feel. I think it was kind of a loud screaming, but I am, I am scared because I was like literally couldn't imagine what will happen. And yeah, and then I found out of this, a lot of people do feel the same and it was, yeah, more like a connection. So people were writing, I bought cans, I bought eggs, I, would, and I was feeling really relieved. <laughs> I mean, like it's not nothing to be relieved, yes, but <laughs> it's it's emotional relief. I think that's yeah. something, right? It's hard to uh, do anything else, and you know, resist and fight and and uh, and gather resources if you're emotionally exhausted and uh, and depressed. So I think there is a a point to it. Yeah, I guess so. Do you think the illustration part is important? Could you have said that just with words? Uh, yes, and I also I think it felt uh, the story worked pretty well with the style because I'm drawing this knife, a bit knife style, like children's mm. style, and I think it's also like with these bright colors when you are talking about the war, about the, such a uh, crazy yeah. and yeah topic, and you have this knife style illustration there, like kind of working together. And yeah. I love that actually, to be honest. I think that was one of the things that uh, that struck me the most is that it's exactly uh, what you're saying. There is the, the the colors are extremely bright, really contrasting. Your style is um, is a naive style, like you're saying. It's it's very it, it it's a reminiscent of of children's drawing, but it's not because there is obviously skill and technique behind it. Um, but it's what it's your children's illustra illustrator so this is you know what we could find in a children's book and there's something very um compassionate and soothing in explaining to adults what might happen with children's images i really like yeah, that thank thank you i think also like a, one nice thing it was I, I i got this message from the woman from sweden she told me that the best thing she saw there is like how i'm like watering my plants and she said like it's this this everyday life I showed uh was like people who could recognize themselves but this she, she wrote me okay and I realized that I'm watering my plants and I'm thinking about the nice time I will spend next weekend I don't know about the holidays about the birds and you're thinking about the war and that's the difference and like it's also like kind of mm. plan ahead to, to show everyday life because it's something you can be familiar with yeah. and you're like, oh, I understand. And that's the most shocking thing about it. The, the seeing somebody watering their plants, looking after their cat, uh, making eggs for breakfast with that backdrop of thought, it, it just goes to show how um, dramatic the change has been for, for people in Ukraine, right? It's not, it wasn't a state of war before that. It sounds like the, the life was very much the everyday life of a, a European country. Um, with people going about their business and then suddenly that happens. It's It's been a very sudden change. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, what about now? So you're um, you're in Germany um, yeah. for now. Yeah. Um, you're still you're still making illustrations now about the war. Yeah, I think it's the only thing I can do at least for now. Is it a form of resistance in any ways? Um, I think so. Actually, I was. Um, It was a very strange feeling when the war started. I just realized that being an illustrator in the time of war is not something really, like, I don't know, uh, I felt that feeling that it's so really necessary to be an illustrator. I mean, you're not a soldier, you're not a doctor. And I think that the first days were more confusing. I was trying to do everything, like a little bit volunteering, doing strange stuff I don't know how to do, like And then I realized that, not realized, but I think I just became more calm. And uh, yeah, I realized that I can use an art as a weapon because it is mm -hmm. a weapon and it's easier to bring some idea to people, like through the images, through, through the symbols. And it attracts uh, sometimes a lot of attention. Like, yeah. how, how do you use it as a weapon? Um, I think uh, the symbols uh, are the weapon, like... And yeah. I'm usually, I'm trying to write some statements under the illustrations. So some people are attracted to the illustration and they read the, st the statement because I can feel that, um, I mean, like when you're in this situation, we, like us as Ukrainians, we're in this situation and we know a lot, much more uh, what's happening in Ukraine and what the situation that people from abroad yeah. and um, I'm trying to explain uh, our reactions, what's going on, like what do we feel. So, yeah, it's like, for example, like uh, the question about why U Ukraine won't just surrender because it will save a lot of lives. And, you know, that pigeon is a nice symbol of how um, deadly the peace can be with Russia. Um Let's talk about that. Can you, um, because this is an audio medium as always, and, and so can you pick uh, one of the most meaningful pieces that you've worked on since the beginning of the war and maybe try and describe it in detail f for the audience and then let's go from there. Uh, yeah, I, and I think it's this, the most popular image I actually did in the last one is the pigeon on the cross and it, it has uh, the symbol Z. Uh, the bloody symbol Z on his chest, uh, symbol Z uh, Russian tanks has on on them. Mm. Yeah. And What does it stand for? Why do, why is it a Z or a Z? Yeah. I actually don't remember. I think some of them uh, are, are like are describing it as a symbol for Putin, so the Putinites in Russian. But I'm not sure yeah. what actually they meant when they draw those symbols. I know that it has a lot of people in Russia actually to show support to the war and Putin. Uh, they have the symbols on the cars, on the T-shirts, which sounds crazy. Yeah, and yeah, I kind of tried to show that um, Russian peace, like as, as it is right now, it won't be, it won't save any lives. It will be this dead pigeon, like because uh, like the situation with human rights in Russia right now is terrifying. Like I, we can just see what they're doing to their own people, like mm. who are against Putin. So. As soon as we will surrender, I think half of Ukrainians will just have to run away and half of them will be kept as hostages and you know, sent to uh, prisons or camps or just killed. And yeah, I think yeah, that's, this, that pigeon was the symbol of all that. And I know that it's 
pretty hard to understand as for people who maybe don't have so, such a close relationship, if you can call that relationship with Russia, but we have a lot of like, this long common story and we have uh, a lot of uh, bad things happening from like between us and yeah. So. Are you seeing yourself as somebody who's a, a messenger, who's trying to explain the conflict to the outside? Yeah, I'm trying to do that because I realized I'm just the image is pretty like strong weapon, so it just mm. goes around. People are reporting it sometimes, not even reading what's written, uh, and but other people will see that. And then I also realized that I'm kind of collecting all those stories and all those ideas we have uh, like about the war in Ukraine and I'm just spreading them on social medias. And that's very important because I think uh, to stop what's happening, like the whole world should also listen to what like Ukrainians are saying because they were saying loud for a lot, long time um, that we are in danger and it won't end good and now it happened. What, what do you hope that um, somebody seeing your art will do or think as a result? At least check the news, I guess. And yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, one of the reasons I actually started drawing something and writing something was uh, to raise awareness of people abroad uh, about what's happening. And I can imagine that people in a two weeks and a month, people abroad will be just tired of the war because I can imagine it's a very tiring topic. You don't, you like spring is coming. Nobody wants to talk all the time about the war, but Ukraine will have to live with all that. And I think that one of the ways to um, make people know what's going on, it will be the art. Like. It's, through, it's through the image. Yeah. And there's something different um, Well, I suppose, how is it different in your mind from, for example, photography? And in particular, like stuff like journalism, photography, where we, we see all the devastation um, that is currently happening. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I think it's, it's just a different way of saying all that. First, it's all, like I said, it's symbols. And like, sim like sometimes people don't want to see uh, like photos of like of all those damaged houses or dead people but the, the illustration is not so tough like so, so they can handle that and you also can work with colors do you think about making it beautiful actually right now i can't i think uh, that i checked my illustration they're like black and red and they're very aggressive and uh, <laughs> And it's everything I have inside, making it beautiful. It's probably impossible right now because it's all the anger and hate I have and just putting it in. But there is a notion of it being, if not beautiful, maybe beautiful isn't the right word, but at least um, aesthetically attractive, right? And that's the whole point of design and, oh. and photography. So you can have a, a horrible war photography that's you know has a good angle and good lighting mm -hmm. or you have your illustrations which are at least for the ones from MoMA very kind of uh, uh, naive and bright or you know even if you mm -hmm. think about Picasso's Guernica which is you know the biggest cliche of of war um, paintings in maybe history mm -hmm. um, it is dramatic but it, there mm -hmm. is and it's definitely not beautiful mm -hmm. but he conveys it through aesthetics, right? So you, yeah. you, do, do you think about the aesthetic 
element uh, I suppose I definitely do but I realize that uh, you know we have to have this uh, reactions on what's going on uh, very fast like you usually I'm like when I'm working on some piece of art I'm like thinking rethinking I might think for one week about the whole idea then like check it right now I know that I would probably be able to do uh, the stuff I'm drawing much better uh, but it's about also I think these war illustrations are about being fast like so I'm trying to yeah like do them as yeah like cool as I can in this time I have. You spoke about other arts and not having time to just think about something else. Oh I think that one day it will be just the point when I will realize it's also about myself like I will just realize that I can't handle it anymore and I will decide to do a break but right now you know, I also, um, uh, I am also trying to help somehow Ukraine, no, no, not only with these illustrations, but we also, me and my friends, we are organizing charity exhibitions, uh, like to collect money for some Ukrainian funds and all those things. And so it's like all the things I'm doing are still connected to the war. And there is like really so much job to do that I'm working much more than before the war. Something very strange. <laughs> what are you going to do for the rest of your day? Uh, today, uh, yeah, I, I actually will have to reply to like few messages uh, about exhibitions and translate translate few texts about our yeah posters we are doing. So yeah, and then I will have to. I want to draw one more piece for my Instagram account, and then I want to draw one co cover for the magazine. And yeah, so it's like. Um, list of things and you have a lot of we are organizing something around already 10 illustration exhibitions in Europe and it's pretty a lot and I'm like usually keeping all the communication and I'm trying to translate it from Ukrainian to English which is not very that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah it's not very easy because I'm really an illustrator <laughs> not, not a translator but so yeah are you able to at all project yourself in any kind of future right now? Is it just a, a kind of what's tomorrow going to be? Uh, I was trying to um, to make some plans, but it's pretty impossible. I mean, like if probably my family and friends were like 100% safe, it would be easier to, to just plan something. Uh, but I don't know, it's almost all, pe all the people I know uh, right now are danger and it's like I can't even imagine uh, me like planning something in for like two weeks in advance because I can't imagine what what can happen you must be so worried do you sleep can you sleep actually I'm sleeping that's so good I think it's a lot of people who left the country because you're always checking the news because in general it's like you have people living in very different cities in Ukraine people I know like my friends or family and they're sh like pumping them all the time. So I just waking up like I think like once in a two hours and just checking if something is okay. And if it's not okay, I'm maybe texting people. I'm trying not to be very, I think it's also like important not to be very, I don't know, tiring by texting poor people who are already in this very uncomfortable situation. But yeah. I'm still like very worried and I'm trying to check what where did that happen. And it's like, yeah. Mm. So... It's not something yeah. you can, yeah. I think it's one of the worst thing for me is I'm always checking the news. I'm I was going to ask, do you check? Yeah, I mean, it must be impossible not to, right? 
Yeah, it's what everybody's saying, like you're just stuck. I mean, if we are talking about the war in general, it's not the worst thing to do, but yeah. And I have just a few ending questions, kind of shorter question and answer, because you've already kind of um, given me so much. But I wanted to ask you if, you know, if a year ago you'd known there would be a war, right, and you're from Kyiv, um, and that you'd have to leave Ukraine maybe forever. I mean, right now we, we don't know, I guess that's the reality. What's the place that you would have liked to go to uh, in Ukraine or spend more time in that you already liked? Could be anything or anywhere. Mm, I think uh, I would like to actually visit the cities that are bombed the most now. I pretty like I'm sure that they will will never be actually the whole country will never be the same as before the war, but. I was not traveling so much on the east of Ukraine and like now it's the most damaged part and I was prob would probably visit uh, some friends of mine in Dnipro and my brother there more often because I actually did uh, like a lot of things uh, last year. I visited a lot of people and I'm now very happy about all that, but it still feels that it's, um, it's not, enough. not enough. Yeah, it's never enough. In a world... After the war, what do you wish for yourself? Uh, I actually never thought about that. Uh, like, uh, I wish probably that everybody I love are still alive. It's this like, and they are, they are there in this world with no war because something like their life now are just like destroyed and and if. Assuming that they are, which we obviously hope and pray for, um, what about your your? Is it is? I mean, it might be impossible to think about this now, and I appreciate it. But um, is there something for you for your life that that you want to that now you tell yourself is more important than ever to realize? I um, actually wanted to have a kid, and I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. if If yeah, if it's the right time now, but maybe yeah, one day one day. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to. It's actually those plans I had before the war. They're not very important right now, but maybe after the war, I always right. wanted to draw a picture book. How now I have no power to anything, but mm. maybe maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Um, do you want? Is there anything that you want to say to people listening that we haven't discussed? Think. Maybe that they won't forget what's going on in Ukraine and even in one month or half a year or a year because yeah. Yeah, people there are le now, like they feel like they're left on their own and it's very important. All this support they're getting now to help them. And Last question, and it's just a one-word answer and you don't have to think about it for too long. What is art for? I think it's about emotions for me, probably, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to contact Anna or look up her work, I'll put all the details um, about her in the, in the show notes. You can also follow her on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way for her. 
If you like the show in general and want to help us grow to share more of those kinds of messages, you can leave a review on your listening app. It's a small thing that's really, really helpful. And if you hate the idea of doing reviews, I get it. I used to hate it myself before I understood how much um, it helped. But anyways, that's cool. You can just, you know, do nothing about it or tell a friend. Thank you so much and see you next week. Bye.